0: This is a Be Groovy or Leave production. Head to BeGroovyOrLeave.com to discover the best in new music. Now, on with your show. Welcome to Life on Music, I'm your host Jesse Napper. If you're new to the podcast, this is the show where I chat with a different guest each week All about music, and this week I'm chatting with Brett Lucas Who is the owner of the Academy of Music, Dance and Drama in Thoreau Which is the Illawarra, Wollongong area of New South Wales And in the episode we chat all about that school And about a bunch of other different interesting things But let's just jump straight into the chat with Brett so we have Brett Lucas with us. How are you doing today, Brett?
1: I'm great, Jesse. Yeah, doing well.
0: Good to hear. So you're the owner of Academy of Music, Dance and Drama. That's right. In is that in? So here's a question I have. <laughs> so this, this goes way back. Um, so Go the very first it. episode of this podcast, we had a we had a band on called Forest Run, who Hi, um hey. they they did a gig in the town where this where, where you're based, <laughs> and we couldn't agree on how to pronounce it. Thurl, Thurl. Okay, we That's finally it. have the, we finally have it <laughs> answered. Yes. I'm just so thankful to have someone from that town there.
1: Oh, it's a beautiful little beach town. It's a lovely yeah, little yeah. village and a lot of activity, lots of culture, which is absolutely brilliant. And I guess we're very fortunate to have our academy based there and it's in, yeah. it's right smack bang in behind Anita's theatre. So perfect location.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, so kind of like Wollongong way for anyone. That's kind of the most familiar kind of city in the area. I that's right.
1: Yeah. yeah, Illawarra. Yeah, St George yeah. Illawarra. All those sort of teams. Yep.
0: Yeah. 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 That's it. So you've been you've been running that school for a few years now.
1: Yeah, that's right. I actually bought the business off uh, mm-hmm. my my boss. You know, my head teacher at a school right. I was teaching at at Wollongong High School performing arts, mm-hmm. and. Uh, She'd been operating for about 15 years and um, thought uh, she sort of wanted to move on. And I was actually finishing up a MBA, a master's in business, and uh, I needed something to get my teeth into. So I bought the business as a bit of a case study, really, just cool. to start practicing my business skills. And um, so I put it around three and a half years ago, and uh, I think we started off around 75 students. Uh, we're up around 255 enrolments now, so it's actually kind of good fun. Like it's it's a great little community, and 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 where we are in the northern beaches of Wollongong, it's uh it's a very much a a demographic that uh, people really enjoy their music and their culture, mm-hmm. and uh, well, I shouldn't say just music, but drama and dance, and yeah, and we're, we've expanded to include all three, and uh, yeah, doing really well, which is kind of cool.
0: Very cool. Just as kind of a background for the business, can you kind of explain what it is you do there?
1: Yeah, sure. Basically, we, we concentrate mainly on school students. Most of our, um, age groups, we, we start kids off around about four years of age and, and we mm-hmm. actually range up to about 80 years of age, but mostly a lot, a lot of children, school-aged children up to, you know, in their teens. We focus on more our, our, I guess our ethos is more about enjoyment and engagement, which with my teaching background, I used to teach down in Victoria and up here at at a couple of stints. I I have a corporate background as as well, but separate story. But I I found that, um, you know, to get a child to really engage in the arts, first of all, they need to enjoy it. I found over time when they actually have to uh, keep practising, you know, the disciplines and things like that, you know, they start getting a bit bored. And, yeah, so, so I mandate my teachers to really engage and make the, the lesson's enjoyable, and from that, yeah, they, they learn a lot better, and uh, and they um, become uh, a lot more uh, engaged as to then get their technique and their style, and and find exactly where they want to achieve in their um, musical journey. We also we have a, I guess a community spirit. Um, we very much involve the parents, and mm-hmm. and also we involve our teachers, I have a senior level of teachers right down to junior teachers. So we mentor, you know, up and coming young students who would like to go further into, you know, start teaching for themselves and and creating an income. And um, I guess speaking as a a performing musician, it's not always that you can uh, uh, have an income that's Mm -hmm. sustainable. You really do need to rely on teaching. So I, I sort of instill that, uh, that um, skill in all of our students to have an opportunity to mentor or to tutor or to teach um, other people in the academy, which is kind of good. Yeah, and it creates that whole synergy, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking about the whole um, making about kind of having fun as well. Oh, totally. I was just reminded of this story. I would have been about 18 or 19. I started taking singing lessons awesome. um, at this school in Sydney. And it's kind of a similar thing, mostly just kids there. So I kind of felt super out of place. <laughs> I'm just some 19 year old sitting amongst like a bunch of 10 year olds, like in the waiting room, or whatever. I just overheard this. I think it was some some kid taking a saxophone lesson, and he'd done maybe like an A-me-B exam or something like that. Yeah, and he didn't do so well, and the the teacher was just into him like, so oh no, far out, like. I wouldn't want to play yeah. the saxophone ever again.
1: No, that's that's just a no yeah. no. And I, I, I think um one great thing about our academy, it is a safe place. We mm-hmm. really hone it to be so kids can it doesn't matter if they stuff up or make a mm-hmm. mistake, you know, it's it's I actually encourage it. You know, just go for it. Go that hundred and twenty percent and look one of my teachers when I I, I went through the Victorian College of the Arts and I graduated from there. And I remember one of my teachers actually saying, look, if you're going to stuff it up, stuff it up so well. You know, <laughs> it's, it's it's no point. And, and they also said, look, eventually you'll get it right. And I, I so much like that where, you know, you have a, a, uh, a an environment where you can test and explore and 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 find out what your capabilities what are your limits and you know as in well any art so making the mistake is encouraged i love it and and all our teachers they know no you know they can model themselves the the students can look up to them and okay i want to sound like that i want to Mm -hmm. be like that now how do i get there you know, none of this, yeah, yeah. how dare you, you didn't practice, mm, you didn't do your yeah. two hours practice a night, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you make them feel bad. No, you want them to make feel good that eventually they'll click. You know, seeing that light, light bulb go bing and then off they go, they're on their journey, yeah, well and truly.
0: And even just like kind of, I don't know, I suppose in the real world when you're performing, things are just constantly going wrong. You make mistakes all the time <laughs> in performance and it's just – part of the skill is being able to work around mistakes, so oh, I totally to know how to do.
1: Well, I mean, that's my ethos. Look, I've been in mm. business for many years and I actually lecture business. I um, I mentor, I consult and all of that. And you know what? If I turned around and said I had the perfect uh, business or the perfect um, mm. platform, I'll be lying. I made massive yeah. mistakes all sure. through anything and everything I do. But I guess the I guess that's where my new ambition in this uh, a new venture that I'm going into. It's 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 more about engaging, empowering people to okay, I've got a brand, I've got something that I want to get out. So for example, Amuso, you know, maybe in their late teens, they're perfecting their you know their skills. They mm-hmm. actually want to create a market. Now you can't just expect you know, when you're a museo, okay, the audience is going to come to me. It's the other way around. And I think musicians, sorry for all the musicians out there, but look, I've I've experienced it too, but we're a lazy bunch. We sort of think, okay, I'm so good, you know, I can play my instruments so well, I sound great, but where are my audiences, you know? So that's where my business background comes into it and especially getting my students to actually understand, you know, if you really want people to come and see you, you know, give them something, give them, you know, mm-hmm. understand your audience. And, and and I think it's a great soft skill for them to learn about, you know, getting a job, you know, not just using music as to entertain, but also the soft skills that they can learn from it sure. to really develop their, I guess, their individual brand, you know, to go mm-hmm. into the market and go, hey, this is me. Now I'm going to target you because I like what you do and you seem to think that you like what I can offer. So how about we meet in the middle, here's my performance, they can come along. So it's an attractive proposition is what we call in the business. So yeah, it's, 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 it's such a correlation that it's so important mm-hmm. to, to learn.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned a little earlier, um, once you, when you started running the business, it was, around, was it around 70 students, you said?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Yes.
0: And you kind of grew that, kind of tripled that. What, what kind of differences <laughs> did you do within the business to kind of get those bigger numbers?
1: It was It's really sort of changing a cultural of the business. Um, mm-hmm. look, a business. Look, apparently in the past the business had um, been thriving and I guess it comes down to the leadership side of things mm-hmm. where, you know, if you become proactive, people get attracted to the energy, people get attracted to what you offer. It, it was sort of when I inherited it, it, it was really just sitting there. There was something special, but I just had mm-hmm. to tap into it and sure. the special was the community. Community is such a big thing, and also in my background, community is everything. You know, you build you build the resources around the student. So the student, that included um, supporting the family. It's also supporting the teacher. So there's a well, as I said, there's a safe place for them to be creative, really. Drilled in the uh, the you know the enjoyment and the engagement and and having resources, very good resources. So invested a lot in technology. I brought in a lot of uh, recording gear and, okay. um, and new instruments and bits and pieces like that. So they're able to extend, I guess, really their up to date understanding of technology and how important technology affects our performing arts and even our creative arts but from there i think probably the gro- we were still going through a growth phase even before covid but actually covid was a really good thing for us it was um, right. it sounds quite interesting but I mean, we all didn't know what we were about to expect. And just before COVID hit, we were in this incredible growth phase. But then we had to put the brakes on and change our way in adaptability. But fortunately, I have an IT background as well. So mm-hmm. I was up to date with all the Zoom rooms and Microsoft Teams and all the technologies that's required to be online. And we were prepared. It was actually a strategy we had for the last couple of years. But I must have known something. There might have been a voice telling me that there was yeah. <laughs> something on its way. But, but we actually engaged in it. We adapted. We trained the teachers up. I, I spent so much time training the parents and, and letting them know that the expectation for the student to learn lots is not there. We just, mm-hmm. just keep them engaged. And from that, all of a sudden, explosion. Like we ended right. up, I think we were around about 100 students before COVID. And then it just went it just went crazy. I think just the fact that there was somewhere safe for them to go, we were very compliant yeah. with all the, the health regulations, but just kept that ethos, keep that safe place, keep keep it creative, keep it engaging, and then we we started opening up our group lessons. So drama took off and went from one small class to the, well, we have five different classes. You know, it's that's, and it, and it's a lovely problem to have, mm-hmm. but. But having the kids just keep coming up and then all of a sudden they'd tell their friends, oh, come along, and and it just went off and off and off, and we actually had to put the brakes on, you know, uh, sort of uh, earlier this year just so we actually kept up with all the growth, which is kind of cool.
0: hope you're enjoying the chat with brett so far just breaking up the episode a little bit to let you know if you wanted to learn a little bit more about the academy of music dance and drama you can head to their website which i've linked in the description of the episode and if you're interested in being a student yourself or having a child who's a student just check out their website there's a bunch of information there especially if you're in the illawarra wollongong thoreal area definitely a cool thing to check out and while you're over on the worldwide web You can check out Life on Music on our socials, which I'll also link in the description of the episode. And if you are enjoying the episode, you can follow or subscribe wherever you're listening right now to hear the episodes when they're first released. But let's jump back into the chat with Brett. Something I've got written down here is something I'd like to learn more Ah. about is um, Education Connect. Hey! (laughs) If you could just explain what that is and how you've incorporated that into the, the school.
1: Okay. Well, the school's part of it. So this is actually an outside mm-hmm. venture, but the academy is a big part of it. Uh, we, mm-hmm. my background, I'm always learning. I've got um, multiple degrees. You know, I've got a, a degree in music performance. I've got a degree in teaching, a degree in business, a master's in business. And currently I'm doing a degree in, in law. <laughs> so I'm sort of extending. So I've always got a, a, a my driver is education. It's kind of interesting because towards the end of last year, I, I wanted to find a platform where I can go out and actually connect industry with education. So mm-hmm. to give you an example, I, and one of the things, and even in my own experience growing up, when you finish a degree, it's sort of like, what to now? Now I'm in the big yeah. world. Where do I start? How do I hit the ground running? I've been uh, learning how to perfect my instrument for many years, and then, right at the end, I haven't been taught the business skills to go and market or go to brand and and sure. you know create an identity for myself so people can find who I am and where I am and what I do. It's sort of like that value proposition. So it was interesting at the end of last year, I got an uh, email from a, um, a company called um, Dead Horse Branding. You might, I mm-hmm. think you've interviewed them in the past. Yeah, Mel, Mel um, Rick, and Rick, yeah. Mel and Rick, yeah. And it was kind of interesting. I thought, oh, Dead Horse Branding, that sounds a bit odd. <laughs> so I sort of went... Where where can they fit in? So I did a bit of a delving into what they do, and and then we we connected we connected whilst they were in isolation, you know, in quarantine, and bang, we hit it off. And so therefore, we've teamed up together to push this education connection out there. So, you know, that a gap in you know people going from maybe tertiary or from leaving school hitting the market. So we we tool them up, we get them to get their branding together. Um, The great thing is Dead Horse Branding has a seven series set of workshops based on, you know, collaborating and consulting their identity, you know, how to deal with their logo and website and social media and how to engage in that, which I feel is that's the key, I guess, bridge going from learning your instrument or your voice into a professional market. And this is where the connection, education connection. So we identify the gap with uh, the performer. We also, mm-hmm. go, we work with businesses and other people as well, but many different industries. But m- having that performing background myself, we, I can sit down with someone and, and plan out their pathway you know, okay, what do we need to get you to have a sustainable career? Right. And I think the, uh, the ne- negative about the performing arts, and look, I've been doing a lot of work with uh, Musicians Australia, the union, about because of COVID, it's really decimated the whole live performance scene as we all know. But now there's a great opportunity for a new market to be created. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm actually quite excited about the future of performing arts because I think it's a bit of a reset, even though it's a very much a negative, sustainable side of things. But now we need to be more, I guess, entrepreneurial. Mm. You know, the, the musician needs to become okay. What can I offer to mm. get audiences into my live venue? How do I how do I work with venues? How do I work with managers and people to so I can actually have a career, or I can pay my bills ongoing, but not just for the short term, but going into you know. To the rest of their life, because I know as a musician, it'd be great to just perform full time, which would be mm. awesome. But yeah, but in saying that, there's also the plan B. I know as a performer, I needed to teach. You know, I I needed to learn how to teach as well. So. These are all the contingencies that you know sometimes we need to park cars, sometimes we need to make coffee just so we can keep our art going. Mm. but are you prepared to do that? So you might have to learn other skills to sustain sure. a performance thing. so it's, so education connection is more about connecting those gaps for the individual, so it's all customized you know to the individual or even to a groups or organizations.:
0: Yeah, cool. It's definitely, yeah like you said, a tricky thing, the whole, the whole business. And I guess that maybe like creative people, it's not something they care about as much.
1: Yeah, which is is really a shame because they actually don't realise, they actually have some great skills to be able to do that. I think it's just through not being shown how to Mm. or because... I, I really believe musicians have the most incredible skill set. I use my musical experience and my learnings. I actually transfer that into my business. I transfer that into how I do business, how do I relate to business. It's like um, I'm very much classically trained. I'm actually a brass musician, a tuba right. of all sorts of things. Um, right. So I'm very much a classical thing. So I use the, the thing about a conductor, you know, you think or, or a lead guitarist in a band or a lead vocalist. You know, you've got to put things together. You're putting your resources together. You're putting you know, you, you're you're time managing, your you know, you, you're gathering your resources to create this sound, which is really the same thing as a business. You're creating your resource, getting them together. It's just a matter of operating them and, um, and making something happen, you know, that's a valuable proposition for people to buy your tickets or buy your CDs or, mm. or cassettes in my old day, <laughs> LPs. But, yeah, I just don't think, I, I think we're just a bit, we're so into ourselves and so into you know playing and all of that that we forget you know we need to manage ourselves and be professional. If you want to do that, mm. you can become an amateur and you can do it for fun, which you know I do a lot of my sure. performance for fun these days. But to do it as a profession, you really need to have those business skills. Otherwise, it's not sustainable. Yeah. You know, it's really sad to see great musos, so much talent out there. And yeah. it's lost because they just do not operate as a business, which is a bit of a shame,
0: yeah, so many. <laughs> so, sad, sad times, yes, yeah. you mentioned a little bit earlier um, at the moment. You're doing a you're doing a masters of law, is yeah, it? Yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, masters of laws. It's a gap which I, I really like. I'm not going to become a solicitor or a lawyer or anything like that, but sure. but it's more. I'm finding that there's a big need for uh, people have been coming to me, especially my teachers, and say, look, can you have a look at this contract? And do you think I'm getting ripped off mm-hmm. or anything like that? Yeah, and you know, it's for to get people to understand, you know, how to speak the language, how to read. The words and what this means, and and I'm finding that uh, you know what's the difference between exclusivity and non exclusivity, what benefits mm. would come about it, and I'm, I'm being asked that a lot, and I, I do answer in a business sense, but it's I, I think I just need to find out the more about the you sure. know, copyright law and media law and contract law and et cetera mm. et cetera, and I think you know there, there's a distinct uh, add on to the education connection angle as well, and you know. I've because i I would love to you know mold a musician to go into the market knowing what they're getting into and that's that's something yeah. which I've found too is that it like as I said this particular teacher I, I was thinking of she didn't know what she was going into you know she needed to find out mm. you know what is this? If I sign this, how is this going to affect my life? Because we hear some disaster stories where ex- sign of yeah. exclusivity, so they've been pushed aside and let another group go in because they might be in direct competition and, and then they're stuck for many years and not able to yeah. earn anything out of their thing. So that's, I guess that's my socialist background is just really sort of making things fair, you know, like sure. fair work, equitable, you know, justice, all that sort of thing, and, and keep people honest keep people accountable as well.
0: Yeah, so many, even like just back in the old days, like every artist just got screwed over. <sighs> totally. No no one owned anything. Yep.
1: Yeah, because I think even the copyright law in Australia is actually about to be changed. It's still, it's 50 years old, over 50 years old, and it hasn't changed. And we're still limited to, I think it's only 1% or 2% of, like even if you play something on the radio, you there is a, I think it's 1% or 2% and you can't, you cannot negotiate and these days I, I think you know with uh, you know digital media and all of that we should be in a position where we can actually say no i i want a bigger portion of what you're achieving you know one or two percent is really not a lot you know and you hear about people on spotify getting what point zero 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 one cent <laughs> um yeah. for each uh, listen and you know you just you, know, you might get $20 every so often you know, from a, so mm. many um, downloads, but that's not sustainable. You just can't do that.
0: Damn near impossible to make it. Like, it just costs so much to make music and it's just oh, that's right. so hard to make it back. Exactly. Yeah, especially if you like streaming and stuff. Yeah, it's,
1: it's like that meme that goes mm. around Facebook, you know, this a guy with you know, $5,000 worth of musical gear travelling in a, you know, a, a $500 car to go to a $50 gig. You know that sort of yeah. thing. It's exactly that. We don't yeah. want that anymore. It's not fair. We need, we need a, we need some, you know, great sustainable industry and support, mm. which is something the Musicians Australia are really pushing at the moment too, for the minimum. I think a minimum two hundred and fifty dollar payment for for musos. You know, when they have a gig,
0: right, mm. right. And it's getting cool. a lot of
1: traction. You know, within schools, mm. within great. the live performance. You know, venues, everything.
0: Well, I hope that can happen. I would. I'd very much like to make money out of music someday. Yes,
1: yeah. No, that's we, we need we need to bound together and to go out there and um
0: yeah, I think exactly musicians
1: being a very gentle, you know, soul sort of industry. I think we're taking advantage of, mm. you know. But none sure. no more of the, you know, oh look, can you can you do this gig? Yeah, it's a bit of exposure for you, you know, might be okay. Yeah. You know, I've got to pay my mortgage. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. The, the landlord doesn't take exposure. Unfortunately. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Well, it um, been great talking to you today, Brett. Awesome.
1: Yeah, no, thank you, Jesse.
0: Thanks for listening and thank you to Brett for chatting with me this week. Don't forget to check out the website for Academy of Music, Dance and Drama if you're interested in getting involved or learning a bit more about the school. And head to Instagram, Facebook to check out the socials for Life on Music. And if you did enjoy the episode, you can follow or subscribe wherever you're listening right now to hear the episodes when they're first released. But that's all for this week. Until next week, goodbye. Life on Music was brought to you by Be Groovy or Leave. Head to BeGroovyOrLeave.com to discover the best in new music.